0: Check. Well, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Hey guys, this is RX Radio and I am your host, Dr. Richard waith On today's episode, we got another fire conversation with Dr. Dominic Curry a PGY2 resident in critical care, on this episode, we're going to get his take on whether or not you should go to ASHP's residency showcase, and we'll also get into some do's and do not's while you're there. All right, let's get into the show. Dr. Curry, thank you so much for coming back onto the show. Really appreciate you and and uh, and the time you're dedicating uh, to this. How's it going? Yeah, doing good, man. Happy to be back. Got
1: mid-year coming up. I'm really happy it's in Orlando so I don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. Just anywhere
0: <laughs> <to do> stuff. <laughs> so for uh, the listeners that has not heard the previous uh, episode with you on it, can you just give them a short description of uh, who you are, what you're doing? And, yeah. Uh, so my name is Dominic Curry. I'm currently the PGY2 in
1: critical care uh, pharmacy at Orlando Health here in Orlando, obviously. And uh, right now, I'm on the search for jobs, but um, I'm someone that last year I was a recruiting chair for Orlando Health. So I had a lot of good experience uh, in the interview process and in the residency showcase uh, process and everything that goes into you know how programs will select candidates for interviews and how you know
0: how we'll choose the best candidates for our program. So I think it's it's been a good experience for me to see the other side of it, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm excited to have you on here. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, the, you know, decision-making process in terms of, you know, if you should even go to uh, the residency showcase, um, I think we'll talk about like what to do when you're there, if you decide to go and, and dive deep into some other things uh, considering uh, residencies. And, you know, being a, what it sounds like the experience that you have, you're going to be extremely valuable, um, you know, to the listeners in, in providing some good insight uh, into their decision-making process. So... Uh let's, let's start by, you know, should people even go there? Should, should, should student pharmacists or even reg- pharmacists out practicing even decide to go to the showcase? So, yeah,
1: I think um, at least when I was a student, uh, you, you kind of have this feeling like, you know, you have to go to mid-year or else you have no chance of getting a residency. It's, mm-hmm. it's sort of like a, a pressure that's kind of put on you. Um, but me, when I was going through the process, you know, I kind of knew the programs I was going to apply to. I was pretty geographically limited. So there's only a few ones that I was actually interested in, and I knew for sure that I was going to apply to them. Um, so there was really no information that I needed to get from them at mid-year, mm-hmm. but I still went, even though you know I didn't really feel like I needed to. I still went because pretty much everyone, all my advisors, all my professors, all the you know older students I looked up to, they all pretty much said you have to go to it. Um, and if you're someone that's got a lot of money and free time, it's not a big deal, but you know, I didn't have either of those. So it was kind of like a big uh, sacrifice for me to go because it was in New Orleans. So, you know, you got to fly there. You got to get a hotel. You got to register. You got to be a member. You have all, you have to have all those things in line uh, for you to be able to get there. Um, so if you're someone, for instance, it's in Orlando this year and you are in California, um, that's going to be a big chunk of change for you to come spend a week over here in Orlando. You know, so I think really thinking about what you're hoping to get out of the showcase is a very important thing that you should you should do. So, really, the showcase I think is kind of a misconception. People think it's a a, a place for you to go and showcase yourself, mm-hmm. um, but it's the the point of it is literally in the name. It's a residency showcase. Like it's it's for residency programs to advertise and try to get their uh, program out there and try to show what their program offers. Um, gotcha. So. Uh, it's not really about you going in and impressing the program. Um, you know, the, the residency application process is a long process, and there's a lot of things that go into it. And I'll tell you, the smallest part of it is your interactions at Showcase. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, unless now, you know, unless you're someone that goes and does something that stands out in a really negative way, you know, then that mm-hmm. will get remembered and you'll probably rule yourself out. Yeah. But there's you're not going to go to mid-year and just be so amazing where it's like, okay, boom, you got to interview. Yeah. Because that's not how it works. Like you you got to do your application. You got to have a great letter of intent. You got to have a great CV. Mm-hmm. You got to have good letters of recommendation. All of those things are the things they actually look at when they're
0: determining whether to give you an interview or not. Yeah. So, um, so even though – Oh, good. Even though it's not, you know, it, it definitely sounds like, uh, you know, the process is 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 quite, you know, uh, intense in terms of the, the full application from the moment you decide that you want to do a residency to, you know, sitting down to an interview with someone. Um, but wouldn't wouldn't it be, I guess, uh, a good thing to try to plant that seed there, uh, you know, because I know you're saying that it might not be the you know, utmost importance because you could potentially rule yourself out. But would it be fruitful for someone to invest in trying to like, especially because if they don't live in you know in Florida or in Orlando and they have to take a flight and do all kinds of travel expenses to get there, would you think that it's a good investment to try to even plant that seed with someone that's potentially going to have a, an impact on your success in in their residency? I think it depends on
1: the program. Um, if it's a smaller program, there's probably not going to have a lot of applicants or a lot of people coming to their booth. Mm-hmm. Then it might be easy to remember you, but um, like my program's a huge program. And, you know, last year we had hundreds of candidates that applied. And so at the booth, there was literally hundreds of people that came and talked to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not going to remember that person because honestly, there's not that many different questions you can ask. So for the most part, if you did your homework and you're asking the right questions, you're asking the same questions as 50 other people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing about you. You don't come up and like introduce yourself in a way that makes you stand out unless you have really weird awkward personal skills like yeah. really weird awkward conversational skills that's how you stand out yeah um, so unless you're talking to a program that's maybe like a, a smaller program that is not as you know big nationally or something like that then then you'll have some more one-on-one time with like the director for instance yeah. and then you might stand out because you have a you're in a smaller pool of people that's come and talk to them but you know I don't remember I mean I'm someone that's really adept at remembering names and faces and like interactions. Yeah. And you know, I remembered a couple people during the application process when they came and interviewed, but a few of them are like they talked to me and I don't remember them at all. You know, and it's it's because they didn't do anything that was so weird that it stood out. But the people that were weird and awkward, like they were like instantly remembered. And when we saw their name pop up in the in the interview, like the applications, they were like instantly ruled out. Yeah. So I, if you're if you're talking to a program that's going to be smaller, then yeah, it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that you should go there thinking that you're going to imp- impress them. It should be if you need more information from them. Gotcha. Like the the, the point of it is, you go there to decide whether you want to apply. Yeah. So I think what people don't really think about is that you know you're an asset as well. It's not just you begging for a program to take you. You know, you are the asset. Like you yeah. need to make sure that you realize you need to choose where you want to be and not just take anything that comes up. So the showcase is a chance for you to go and try to talk to the residents, see how their mood is, see how they're, you know, are they liking their program? Do they seem exhausted? Do they seem like they really
0: hate where they are? This, um, this is a, a solid paradigm shift for me because I remember, uh, when I was graduating in uh, a few years back, I would say 2014 is when I graduated from pharmacy school. I, I went to the residency showcase and I wasn't doing it wasn't too. I was not doing a residency at that time. I'd already made a decision that I was not going to pursue doing a residency. I only went there to showcase a uh, a poster that I did on a MTM study. And I remember I wanted to go actually to the actual showcase, you know, just to see what it was like, get the experience. And I remember trying to talk to people. And, and now it's kind of I'm kind of seeing what you're saying, where it ended up being where. You, you rarely even got one on one time with people from the program because there was like you know other students they're kind of like latching on to try to you know make that impression and get to get a name and get their business card out so that was you know a challenge even and, and I wasn't I felt uncomfortable and I wasn't even like you know like trying to impress anyone really I just wanted to be there and, and meet people and you know that kind of thing and I just you can feel the tension almost and uh, so it's kind of making sense I guess too that I can see. How that might not be the best place to to do that if the goal is to stand out or or you know uh, try to have an advantage over someone else. Yeah, it's not really like um, it's not really a networking event. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: it, it's like there's networking events where you go and you do that, where you go and you try to meet people and make connections and like stand out. But that's not this. You know, this is just like I said, literally, it's just the program advertising themselves mm-hmm. because they want as many good applicants as possible. Mm-hmm. So they're there for you to give information from them that you can't get from their website. Um, So you need to think of it as like, that's a tool for you, you know, Mm -hmm. for you to get information to decide whether or not it's worth, because each application, you know, as everyone probably knows, similar to pharmacy school, each application costs money. There's a fee for each program you apply to. So you don't want to apply to just everybody. You want to apply to people that you feel strongly that you would actually want to go there. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that requires you actually talking to the residents or possibly even the director, which you know, it's not a guarantee you're going to even talk to the director either, because the way it's kind of set up, the director is like stands in the back, mm-hmm. and then you have like the residents as like uh you know the pawns in the front to sort of filter through the people that get to talk to the director. You yeah. know, so it's like if there's someone that seems like they're making a, a really good impression, and it's like they need like a, to ask a director question, and they don't rule themselves out with like awkwardness or something, then maybe <laughs> they'll get to talk to the director. Yeah, <laughs> but. You know, for the most part, um, I was the last line of defense. That people like, there was a f- maybe a few people out of a hundred or so that talked to our director. Yeah, um, I mean, he's there and he's available, but it's so crazy inside the play, inside the showcase. People mm-hmm. coming and going. It's loud. Yeah, there's hundreds. You know, maybe even close to a thousand people in there at one time. You have like six people talking to each resident at once. You know, it's it's a madhouse in there. Yeah. So you're not
0: going to get a a lot of great time to stand out positively. Yeah. So let's uh, let's let's assume that someone decided, you know, that they are going to go to the to the showcase, and and you know they've they've made that decision, they've already invested in their travel um, expenses, and and they're going. What are some like I guess best practices to get the most out of that uh, experience, and and to maybe some advice on what not to do, you know, so that you don't get <laughs> ruled out, you know, because you're just going to learn something. Okay, so first and foremost do not have sweaty hands when
1: you give this sw- the handshake. If you might have sweaty hands cuz you're nervous, wipe it, do whatever you got to do. <laughs> yeah. A sweaty handshake Courtesy is just swipe. like it's, you know, it's it, it just leaves a bad impersonation, yeah. you know, a bad impression. Um I mean I, you, can, you know how people are nervous and that's going to be fine, but just wipe your hand off and yeah. make sure it's not a sweaty handshake. Um the other thing is like I think people uh it's a point of contention is like the CVs and the business cards, mm-hmm. you know, what do you do with those? Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you what I did. Uh, you know, I wasn't so proud of this at the time, um, but you know, it didn't rule me out. And obviously, I've gotten far, so I'm I'm okay talking about it now. Yeah. But the business cards, okay. Business cards are expensive, right? Yeah. And you can get a deal, right, where you get like 250 business cards. But um, as soon as you graduate, those business cards are completely obsolete because right. they all say "farm D candidate." That's on true. It. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not gonna hand out 250 business cards. Trust me. Yeah. All right. So. What I did was I went to uh, Office Depot. You know, I found like the thickest like printer paper I could find. And I like made a business card template on Word and printed out 10 for
0: like a dollar. That's
1: on, a solid on hack. The-
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a solid hack right there. That's a light hack. <laughs> and of those 10... I handed out two. Okay. Yeah. So
1: note that, like, it's really, <laughs> if, I would have been so mad if I just spent like 200 bucks on all yeah. these business cards or whatever it costs yeah. and then gave out two and then had a stack and I just have to use this bookmark. Yeah. A lot of times you,
0: you get so caught up in a conversation and other things and you just forget, uh, you know, at some point too, where, you know, you, you would have really wanted to give out your business card to everyone you spoke to, but at, at some point it just might've felt awkward or, you know, it, you know, the conversation would have ended already and, and, um so that's a solid hack. Do you still have that file? Man, if we could post that, that'd be awesome. <laughs> if people can just use that template.
1: I can, I can look back in my files. I look back, uh, man. That would be basic, cool. Look know.
0: out in the show notes listeners to see if maybe that that'll be a link to that and you can you can take advantage of, of that solid life hack right there.
1: What I did was um so you I went to UF for pharmacy school, so uh, I basically snipped the UF template mm-hmm. and then copied and pasted it into Word and <laughs> nice. then typed my name onto it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, there you go.
1: The other thing with the business cards is not every program wants your business card. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, I, I offered it to everyone and I got actively refused most of the time. Really? Like, they don't want to take your, like some programs want them, some programs want your CV. So you should have a few. Yeah, just um, in case. You know, but most of them, you don't want to go home with a stack of CVs because, especially CVs, if you're going to apply there, it's part of the application packet. Yeah. You know, um, and we we're not going there looking for like the applicants mm-hmm. at showcase yeah. you know we're, we're there to give information so when you give me the cv like i said i was a recruitment chair so i had all the stuff in a box
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i kept all that stuff and you know no offense to anyone that applied uh, or gave me their cv um at residency showcase but we basically ended up throwing them away like we did not use them at all yeah uh they sat in the box until mm. I decided I, I didn't feel guilty about throwing them away anymore. Yeah, is is kind of what happened. <laughs> and I and
0: uh, I don't think that's unique. You know, I, I don't think that's something you know that necessarily needed to apologize for because I think that happens in every industry, at every networking event. At some point, and again, I think it's unless one or two either really stick out or something like that, the majority of it will probably get tossed uh, because it, they're going to get it again at some point when you end up applying. So. I can definitely see that being just a, a common practice, you know. Yeah, and and some programs will uh, will want your business card or your mm-hmm. CV, and they'll
1: you know they'll put like a notes about your interaction just to give more info when you apply. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go there and you're like the most amazing conversationalist, and you have like a great conversation or whatever, um, that's still you still have to have a great application packet yeah. to get an interview. Mm-hmm. Like that's not gonna. You know, most programs use a scoring system to, you know, to try to make the interview process as objective as possible, mm-hmm. and and showcase interaction is not going to be weighted very highly. Yeah. So, you can go and be the most amazing person ever but have a really crappy application packet and you're just not going to get an interview. Yeah. You know, so it really doesn't sway you that far. I will say though if you have a bad interaction, you are legit ruled out. Right? Yeah. you have no chance even if you have the best CV. Letter of intent or whatever. If you get there, and the person that you're talking to is rubbed the wrong way, or like is like creeped out by you, or they they think that you don't have confidence because you're super nervous and you just you can't think of like good words to use. Yeah, you know, you're gonna that's gonna reflect poorly on you because like oh well, they're nervous now. What about when they're on rounds and they're nervous with a
0: physician and they need to make an
1: intervention? Am I going to trust that they're going to be able to do that? You know, so you're gonna get ruled out.
0: Yeah. So Um, I'm I'm a little I'm a little on the fence in terms of. I do think that if someone is, has, let's, let's just say you have an average packet. And for example, me, if I went there and I had like an average packet, I think I'd be able to, uh, and I think it's because of some of the confidence levels I have. Um, But I think if if an individual or student pharmacist, you know, is extremely confident and, you know, has success in networking in the past, and, and there's a track record of that, they might, but, but they also might not be so confident in their packet maybe you know going to the showcase to try to you know impress them in person because a lot of times there's people's like man if i just got the interview or if i just got in front of them or if they would just really kind of talk to me like and not really look at the on you know paper they, they might get some intangibles uh, uh witnessed like firsthand you know that that might be a benefit for them uh if they decided to go to to the showcase
1: yeah and it's, it's really hard to make a general statement you know for everybody because One, it depends on the programs you're applying to. Mm -hmm. Two, it depends on your financial situation and your ability to get to, like, you know, if it's not a big sacrifice for you to go, then yeah, you should go.
0: Yeah.
1: But if it is, you know, like, I'm someone that has a mortgage of loan debt, Yeah.
0: you
1: know, and, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. And I left feeling there, like, why did I just drop this $1,500 on this? You know, so it's like, it really depends on the person the situation gotcha. you know the like you said the level of their application packet as it is the level of the program and the quality of candidate like for instance in your scenario if you're applying to uh, a top program mm-hmm. there's going to be people that have an uh, uh, amazing packet and also have confidence yeah. so they're going to be picked ahead of you like yeah, you know yeah. it's still it's still not going to be like as much of a memorable interaction to where yeah. you're going to get put above everyone else that has these higher scores weighted on their packets you know but if you're applying to a a program that's maybe not as competitive or it's maybe it's like a unique program or has like a niche like somewhere like it's like a different kind of program yeah that might be something that you think about so you Mm -hmm. have to kind of weigh all these factors together and just like what you do in clinical practice or pharmacy practice it's like a risk benefit yeah you know is it worth getting there if you live in orlando uh, yeah, go to it. You—it's literally—you uh, just got to register. You yeah, know? yeah. It, it depends on how far you're traveling. It depends on a lot of factors. Um, but I will say, if you go, you're more likely to rule yourself out than rule yourself in. So yeah. if you go, you got to be like, we'll talk. Let's talk about some things to not do. Yes. Okay.
0: So um, we'll uh, I, I, I want to get into. Uh, let's say more on a on a more positive, I guess, thing in terms of. What what can they? What's a good questions? What's some good questions to ask? Like if when when they're there and they're meeting, uh, they're meeting people that are represent representatives of that their, their pro their respective program. What are some good questions that candidate uh, candidates should be asking? So this is something I I really
1: worried about when I was a student. You know, because everyone tells me don't ask dumb questions and. <laughs> There's a, a a old wives' tale that there are no dumb questions. Well, yes, there is.
0: There's a lot of dumb questions. Um, not to put make you feel more nervous, but um, you can ask some dumb questions. I think you have to so. strategize. That's why I want to go over this. Like <laughs> I, I do think you really need to plan the questions you ask and 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 not let them be you know too random in in the risk yeah. of of it being quote unquote a dumb question.
1: Yeah. So. It all, everyone that knows me and anyone that listened to the first um, podcast that I was in knows that I'm all about your why and your purpose, okay? So um, you need to have that in your mind. Sorry, hit the mic. You need to have that in your mind, okay? So when you're evaluating the program, you shouldn't be thinking, okay, what's some questions I can ask to look good? No, that's not the way to do it. That's starting with the what, okay? You need to think about your why, what you want to get out of your program, like out of your experience as a resident, and what things you need to know be able to decide that's a good program or not. So with that in mind, you're going to have questions that will naturally pop into your head that you want to know about. Um, You know, look at the website, the the program's website, look at what's all that's on there and think about things that are important to you for accomplishing what you want. So I'll give an example. For me, uh, I knew I wanted to go into critical care like for a while. I knew I wanted to be an expert. I wanted to do a PGY2. Uh, I wanted to be, you know, the top that I could be. So I need a, uh, an amazing training ground, okay? So I needed to know that the uh, preceptors that were teaching me were experts. So a lot of programs will have faculty, um, you know, on there, and they'll have some of their credentials. But I like to ask about the faculty, you know, and, and where else they've worked. Do they have a diversity of experience? You know, what are their teaching styles? Um, what kinds of things, like how are the rotations structured? Um, you know, what, what's a typical rotation, uh, you know, list of responsibilities include, you can get an idea of, okay, is that going to be a strong learning experience or not? Um, The other thing to ask about is like the practice model uh, at the hospital. So you're going to know the rotations, you're going to know, you know, the, the generic list of responsibilities of longitudinal projects, those types of things are going to be listed. But um, in terms of, what you actually do on a day-to-day basis in the rotation, that's things you need to know about. Like, um, for instance, Orlando Health, they have a decentralized practice model, which means that there's pharmacists all throughout the hospital in the different uh, units that are staff pharmacists that take care of the orders. So um, when you're rounding, you're not worried about verifying orders. You're completely focused on the clinical aspect of taking care of the patient. Yeah, That's not like that everywhere. Some places, the clinical pharmacists are the staff pharmacists and they have to have verifying orders they have to have verifying responsibilities um and if you have somewhere that, uh, that has that then your preceptor is going to be caught up with verifying all of the orders on the unit and not going to have as much time to devote to you for instance if you're rounding and you have a question that pops up they're going to be you know caught up in whatever crazy orders they're having to deal with mm-hmm. whereas at the places I applied to it was important to me that um the pharmacists, the clinical pharmacists, uh, didn't have a huge verifying load because that means when I'm rounding, you know, I'm taking over what they would normally be doing. So they have basically all that time to devote to me and making sure I'm not doing something really dumb, taking care of the patients. So yeah. I feel supported by an expert and has my back, you know, so I can kind of play around a little bit, not, you know, not play around, but I can like uh, experiment with what I think is a good therapy and I can run it by them and they have time to sit down and talk with me mm-hmm. about it. Um, so that's a good example of like what a good learning experience would be. Yeah, and you're not going to find that in the website. Yeah, not you know another thing. It's like a pretty generic uh, question, but I think it's important because um, it gives you an idea of what they're looking for. But you know, I always ask you know what qualities um, do you uh, look for in a resident that that will be successful in your program? Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of them are going to say some of the same things, but I think it shows that you have a mind for you know, you're, you're looking to be successful and you're looking for ways to be successful and you're someone that's like open to feedback and you're, mm-hmm. and you're really, um, able to get in there and, and figure out, you know, what's going to take to be successful. So, um, what those I've, couple things right there are going to get you 10 minutes into a conversation
0: yeah, already. What I found actually, um, for that, for that question, uh, you know, how, how, how did like what qualities are they looking for in terms of a candidate? I like to ask it a different way, or I like to tell people to ask it a different way to get the person that they're seeking that answer from to really think about a little bit more. And it's by asking, you know, in three months or in six months, how would you know you made the right decision in bringing me on as a resident? And I, it, it's to achieve the same goal, I would say, but I think it might get a little bit out of a little bit more out of the uh, the person you're asking that question to, and might also help with you know, making you have a better impression, uh, at that instance. So, um, that's just a tip that I have, uh, for anyone that's interested. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's a good way to go about it
1: too. Um, we also have to keep in mind the way that you're, you kind of ask because, um, there is a, um, like formal structured evaluation process mm-hmm. in residency is similar to rotations, but you know, they have specific objectives that you have to, to meet. So you may get someone that just says, well, we have farm academic and, you know, if you're meeting all the objectives, then you're doing, you know, but I'm sure like most people would still, uh, understand that you're asking about like what kinds of intangible qualities are, yeah. are not going to be on the, that formal evaluation. Yeah. So actually something I asked during interviews was, um, you know, I said, I know there's a, a, a formal, um, objective evaluation process, but subjectively, how will I know that I'm being successful? There you go. You know, like what? What are the things, you know, outside of that formal evaluation process you're actually looking for to say mm-hmm. that I'm a great resident? Yeah. Um, I could tell that you, you know, you could tell when you ask a question and you look at people and they give you like that head nod like, yeah, mm-hmm, <laughs> that's a good question. Yeah. That one always got the head nod. So, yeah. um and that might be reserved for like the interview yeah. part of it, but you you have to be kind of another tip for showcase, you got to be kind of like ready. You yeah. know, you got to be rapid fire, you got to be like you know, the time is short. There's going to be a line behind you. Most likely you're going to have people the the resident is going to be tired. Um, by the end of the day, you're going to be answering a lot of the same questions. Mm-hmm. And, and so you got to come like prepared with your questions and be able to ask them quickly and be efficient and get the information you need and make a good impression, but mm-hmm. not to waste too much time. And, and, and keep in mind that, I don't want to be talking to you for 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, there's a people around you. I get, I mean, I get ner- I get like kind of anxious if I'm talking to one person. It's like kind of like the retail mindset. If a person comes in and there's a line behind them and it's like a chatty old person that life. wants
0: to like talk for yeah. 30 minutes. It's like,
1: Hey, come on. you know, Look at these people behind you. Yeah, you know?
0: So, <laughs> so that, that actually, I, I was just about to ask you a question and you kind of brought me into it. Uh, uh, quite, quite sneakily. I, uh, <laughs> what about the term? What about like, Connecting with someone like outside of like outside of the topic of pharmacy. For example, when I give my tell me like when someone asks me tell me about yourself, and I'm trying to connect with that person or I don't really know them, I like to uh, say a hobby at the end. Uh, for example, like I would say after I finish my whole tell me about yourself, I say and you know every year I really love to snowboard, and mm-hmm. that would either do one of two things. You know either they've gone snowboarding before, or they ski or whatever, or it's something that they've always wanted to do. And either way, it's something that kind of sticks out just a little bit. But a lot of times, too, what happens is if you connect off of that one hobby, you might end up talking about something that's totally unrelated to pharmacy uh, for, you know, a few minutes or so. How do you feel about trying to make a connection uh, like with someone else at that instance in the showcase? Well, I
1: think if it it was a networking event, you should do that. But it's not. It's just a transfer of information. That's really all it is. Like like I said, it's kind of um, it's kind of bare bones, like efficient, like you don't that's something you should do in the interview for sure. Cause gotcha. you're going to ask in the interview, tell me about yourself and you need to have that kind of stuff ready to go. Cause I understand. once you get to the interview, that's when you make that impression of, okay, do I like this person or not? But they're not looking for that in the showcase. Yep. You're looking, do you have, did you do your research? You know, are you someone that's committed, which will, will you can tell by the questions that they're, you're, they're asking. Mm-hmm. And you can also tell the genuineness of the interaction. Like, are yeah. you able to conversate with me or not? If, 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 if it's hard to talk to you, if like you come up and I'm doing all the talking as the resident, um, that's kind of like you know the worst thing you can do is oh tell me about your program. I'm not there to like present about the program. Yeah, so you know ha- has specific you need specifics. Yeah, like you need to come up with the questions you want answered and ask them. I'll give you the information, and then that's it. It's a transfer of information. Gotcha. It's not like a a point to make connections. Yeah.
0: So, Um, but once you get to the interview, that's where you do it. Yeah. So, which I think will be a whole nother episode, uh, which hopefully I'll be able to have you on again to, to, you know, help people with, you know, nailing that interview. But what else does the, what else does the showcase have to offer? I mean, I know it's not just people walking into a booth. What else is going on there? Like, or, or why else should people maybe decide to go?
1: Well, I mean, going to a mid year in general, I think is a good thing. Um, You know, I always leave like those meetings like energized and like wanting to be involved and Mm -hmm. you know, wanting to do things for pharmacy. So I'm definitely an advocate of going, um, but I wouldn't say go just for the showcase because the showcase, I mean, you went, you remember like you walk in and it's this huge room. And there's just thousands of programs in there. And It's loud. There's all these nervous, like there's all these nervous pharmacy students. Yeah. They're all like sweating and Freaking like out. you know, <laughs> you know, quickly like reading over their their notes and yeah. like it's just like a, a stressful environment. It you is know? stressful. And, That's and,
0: one thing. It is stressful. It's
1: a good way to put it. it. It's. <laughs> it, it really what it has to offer is one, it, it puts you in a stressful situation, and it you know it shows how you can handle that. Um, if you're someone that needs to test that. Um, but really, it's only the only thing. I, I kind, maybe I'm kind of minimizing it. And one good piece of advice is that when it comes to anything with applications, in terms of letter of intent, CV, uh, interviewing, whatever, get multiple in, uh, opinions because everyone has different opinions and it's a really inexact science. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my view on it is literally, it's just a transfer of information. Mm-hmm. If you need information about it, you should go to it and get that information so you can make the best decision for yourself. We don't need that information, like I didn't need the information. You mm-hmm. know, I, I knew that the things that I wanted were like, I'm, I'm an efficient person. You know, mm-hmm. there was a few things I wanted in each program and I could tell that all the ones I applied to had those before mid-year yeah. and I wasn't going to, like I wasn't looking for more programs to apply to. So really for me, it didn't offer me anything. Um, mm-hmm. It just offered me some extra, you know, stress and you know, I got a nice suit for it. So I got, I got that out <laughs> Got to of dress up. <laughs> that was an excuse to get a nice suit. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, really it's, I think that's the the misconception of it. Uh, I yeah. think it's kind of, uh, blown up and romanticized a little bit of this like amazing experience. that's going to change your life. And if you don't do it, you're just going to miss out on it. Like that's not really how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just programs. They're giving information. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to go, one thing I did uh, there was a program that early on I was thinking about applying to, but then I didn't really want to. I was trying to narrow it down, so I was kind of on the fence about it. I used them as kind of a warm up, mm-hmm. um, so I went in there and you know I talked to them. You're just like, let me st-
0: go stretch, <laughs> <by>. <laughs>
1: stretch you gotta my limber up. yeah, you gotta limber up a little bit. <laughs> That's because weird. you know you, you can think of things in your head. And unless you say them out loud, it, it yeah. might come out weird. You just never yeah. know, you know. That's, that's so, a pro
0: tip right there. That's a pro tip. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: like if you're thinking of presenting anything, or or saying or anything where you're going to be talking to someone, to other people, just say it out loud and make sure that it goes from your thoughts to your mouth correctly. Because uh, yeah. I've fallen for that trap before. Okay, because sometimes <laughs> it goes different ways, and you yeah. don't know what's going to happen. That's super so, funny.
0: So. Oh man. Oh man, that's super funny. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just, you know, I'm just saying yeah so go in there and, and you know have your questions say your questions out loud make sure you can come off smoothly efficiently and you can say them in a way that it's understandable what you mean by mm-hmm. your question and you're not tripping on your words yeah you know so a warm-up program might be someone that you could do that with yeah you know you come in say your questions you see you can see how they would kind of respond to your yeah. questions so you can then transition into your next question um, that's a, that's another thing too. I think transitions between the questions are, are kind of helpful. It's yeah. kind of like it makes it seem like a more of a smooth conversation. Yeah. Um, in general, I like to make it seem like, oh, based on what you just said, my next question is a natural evolvement of our last sentence. Yes. Even if it's not, you yes. Know? Like, gotcha. Same thing. What you do with like behavioral questions, you have certain, you know, certain power stories in your mind that you're going to use to mm. answer the behavioral questions. But sometimes the behavioral questions are not always going to be exactly suited to your story. So you have to kind of transition and show why you're saying what you're saying. Yeah. Um, So think of ways to like connect the dots between your questions Mm -hmm. um, and make it, make it flow naturally. Um, And that'll make it more efficient. It'll make it easier for you to talk to is, is easy as you can make it for the resident to talk to you, you know, the better off you're going to be because, like I said, it's a long day on our side of it. You're getting asked the same question 50 times over and over again. You're, mm-hmm. you're having to give the same answers. You're just talking a lot. Um, some interactions are good. You're like, okay, that was good. Some of them are like, ugh, you know, yeah. why did I just have to talk so, to that
0: person? So I think we got a lot of positive things on what to do. Um, you know, we got a lot of positive feedback on what to do if you when you decide to go. Give me, to wrap up here, give me a what you definitely should not do if you're going to go to the showcase. Well, I mean let me just think of some of the things uh people did. Um
1: be mindful of your appearance. Um it sounds shallow, but just the way it's just the way it is. Uh you know, like you're gonna be judged yeah, on professional so we, we, we should all know that by you know. now. Um you know, so I for instance, um notice very small things about men's suits. Like, I just can't stand when the tie doesn't go down to the belt. You know, if the tie is too short, I can't stand if it's wrinkly I Can't stand if, you know, your friends, I mean, this is just me again. So yeah. if your belt doesn't match the color of your shoes, I get I get kind of like, man, come on, let's get some attention yeah. to detail here. You know, your watch, your belt, and your shoes should all match.
0: Um, tie bar should like, be between buttons three and four.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, don't have. Yeah. I saw one person that had the tie bar like at their belly button. I'm yeah. like, what is the. Nope. You know, that's all I can focus on.
0: Has to when be I was a, talking to him, definitely know? has like, to be tie length. You know, tie width or less should not go beyond the width of your tie. Right, right. That's right. And easy that, like I said, it sounds guys.
1: kind of like judgmental, and it, it you know doesn't definitely doesn't speak to the quality of the resident. But I think it shows an attention to detail that is important. Um, and you're it it made people stand out in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And not everyone's like me, but there are people like me. And you know, and you want to make sure that you can annoy as little. P- amount of people as possible yeah uh, same thing with like your cv like when people get kind of crazy with the formatting one person might like that crazy formatting but a few other people may think it's really annoying you know so you have to kind of think how am i going to be you you kind of want to fade into the background mm-hmm. like for, for the most part as, as weird as it sounds and is like con- counter uh, mm-hmm. counterintuitive as it is um you know i can remember i don't remember anybody that was so great that it's like, oh, wow, we got to make sure we get them in the interview. Yeah, but I remember a handful of people, one person that, um, you know, didn't have their facial hair groomed and they looked kind of scraggly, mm-hmm. you know, um, one person with really sweaty palms. And so when I shook their hand, I felt like I needed some hand sanitizer. <laughs> you know, I can remember like people that would um, just have extremely awkwardly long pauses, you know, and it's just like those are the things that, if you're going to go, you need to make sure that you have said your questions out loud. You practice them a few times with like your you're prepared. Uh, mentors, yeah. you know, like you have those things ready to go. That just shows a dedication. Um, even if you're not a great, you know, even if you're not a great conversationalist, like some people are probably sitting there going, all right, well, you sound like you can talk great for you. But well, what about me as someone I'm kind of introverted and, you know, it's not really my strong suit. Um, well, there's going to be a lot of things in residency that is not going to be your strong suit, but you still got to find a way to To be successful, like it's not an it's not an excuse, you know, and yeah. and the perception you can't really control the perception that someone thinks of you um, beyond the, those controllable things, which is being able to be easy to talk to, looking professional, ha- um, having um, good questions that you've asked that shows that you've done research, mm-hmm. and then getting in and out. Um, yeah. Don't spend too much time there. Uh, don't you know? Don't try. I have people that were like, "Oh, here's one thing not to do: don't suck up." like people were telling me, oh, wow, your tie is really amazing. Where'd you get that tie from? And I could just tell it was like very <laughs> fake and like, yeah. you know, I, it was a nice tie, but you know, <laughs> sure I could nice tell tie, that it wasn't because they were just like really liking the tie. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was like, they were trying to like,
0: like there's a way to a compliment. And then there's a way to kind of overdo it where it's like, you're sucking up, you know, right. like, like I, you know, th- that that's not to say, don't give compliments because I'm one too, that I, I notice what people wear. I notice I, I notice very well, especially whether it's a, a man or a woman, I noticed when they, when they really paid attention to some sort of detail and I will usually point it out, like if it's a woman, I'll say, Hey, that's a really pretty dress and that's it. Or, you know, I like how your shoes match your dress and that's it. Like, there's no, like, you know, why did you pick that shoe and where did you get that shoe from? Like all that stuff too. I I think that might be unnecessary, you know? So it's not to say don't give a compliment, but I think, you know, when you go, when it's a little like too much and and like it was a stretch, like, you know, Hey, that's a really nice blue suit. It's Navy blue. Like. You know, like <laughs> like we all have navy blue suits, you know, so, yeah, um, yeah I, c- I can definitely see that. Uh, yeah,
1: and, and like I said, the, the reason, you know, like I said, I don't want it to sound like to that it's really like a shallow thing, but you know, it reveals certain things. And, and on the recruitment side of it, there's going to be so many people that are going to be very similar. And you're looking for those things that could point to the intangibles because the one thing you can't really tell during interview process or it's really hard to tell is the intangible aspects mm-hmm. you know things that are like dedication responsibility attention to detail and those things if you're really looking for them and and like I said these sort of shallow seeming things will come through you know like yeah. someone um that like we were talking about the attention to detail with the way that you're dressed and, the, and how professional you are and yeah. you know how you're able to handle yourself in a stressful situation like those are things that like I don't want it to sound
0: yeah. wrong, but no. like that's just how it is. Yeah, you know? and 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 we think about why is that, right? You think about it. The it's it's like this. It's almost I want I don't know like lack of better terms. The circle of life. The reason that someone is probably there at that showcase, recruiting and and being out there and doing what they're doing is probably because they take all those other things seriously as well, you know. And and that's why they may have gotten to the position that they're in. So it's really like a circle of life too. It's also like knowing just you know who are you going to impress or or who are you going to stick out to. Um, whether it's a negative or a positive way, you have to be aware of those things as well. So, those, yeah. you know, I, I don't think it's shallow. I think it's it's something that's you know very important to think about and and should be thought about like in a in a better light. So, yeah, I mean, and are you willing to do whatever you
1: need to do to be successful? Yeah, you know, and in this instance, you need to look professional. You need to conversate well. Like, if it's not your strong suit, you got to figure out a way to do it mm-hmm. uh, because, like I said, there are going to be plenty of things that you face on a daily basis that you are not prepared
0: for and how do you respond in those situations? Yeah. This is a perfect time to show that, you yeah. know? And I think that we're, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, Dom, you and I, we can talk for hours about, about this and, and probably anything, but you know, for the listeners, if you did not get any value out of that, out of this episode, I don't know if you're paying attention or not, but I learned a lot, you know, and, and I, feel like i am well prepared and make in terms of even just making a decision as if it's worth it to go and and i hope you do too dom thanks uh thanks for being on the show again really appreciate it well being here thanks for having me hey guys thanks for tuning in i really hope you guys enjoyed that interview i hope it was as insightful to you as it was to me please leave me a comment on instagram or on itunes i'd love to hear what your thoughts are any feedback is going to be greatly appreciated and don't forget to subscribe and until next time see you over the counter